The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. And welcome to the Transformation for Success show and a big shout out to all my international listeners. I hope you're having a great day. This is your radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. Today, we have a great show for you and my guest is a former football player with the world champion New England Patriots and now with a new career. So I want you to stay tuned to hear his incredible journey. Call your friends and tell them to be sure to download this show. You know, you can listen to this show live every Tuesday at 12 noon and Fridays at 1 p.m. on the Women's Channel and Empowerment Channel. So I'm so happy that you can download this show anytime for your listening pleasure. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and you can access me through these channels. You can also visit my website at www.transformationforsuccess.com. That's www.transformationforsuccess.com. And you'll find more information about me, my life empowerment seminars, coaching sessions for individuals, and just exactly what Dr. Young is doing to empower and challenge all of you listeners out there to be successful, energized, and live productive lives. But before I begin the show, I want you to know that truly I wake up passionate every day about the opportunity to transform the lives of men and women and to give them a message of hope and encouragement. My mission, really lovingly, in presenting this show is to make a difference in your life. Because I firmly believe that integrating and feeding the spirit, soul, and body is the key to transforming one's life for greater personal and professional success. So this is a show for everyone around the globe, the young, the bold, the seasoned, and the restless. And I guarantee you, each week, you're going to be empowered, inspired, challenged, and energized to hear the amazing journeys of successful individuals from all walks of life and professions, and my many interesting guests from around the world who've transformed their lives for success. You know, like many people, you might be asking questions about what is your life about? What am I doing with my life? What's my purpose? I want more success in my life. What do I need to do to get it? What do I want to accomplish before I leave this life? So I ask you, well... Listen to the transformation story of my guest today, former professional football player with the world champion again, New England Patriots, Dr. Jason Carthen. Hello there, Dr. Jason. Hey, Dr. Barbara, how are you? 
I, I am just thrilled to have you on the show today. And really, Jason, I want to thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to be on the show. And before we get into your journey, however, I really want to share with the listeners more about you and where you are today. So listeners out there, Jason, Dr. Jason, as I'm going to call him because he has an earned doctorate, is an international speaker, author, blogger, media personality, and philanthropist. He has a global consultancy that works with Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 100 companies to provide quality training and coaching for thousands of men and women each year on the subjects of leadership, team dynamics, and organizational culture. This is a man after my own heart. He is the founder of Speak Life University that provides business and leadership development programs for anyone who's interested in increasing their capacity to influence others positively through exceptional leadership. He's a prolific writer, and he's published three books on leadership, business, and personal development. His book, 52 Ways to Tackle Leadership for Your Success, is a hit. And believe me, no matter where Jason may be speaking or who his audience may be, his message remains the same. This man is an incredible gentlemen, and I love his story, and I will allow him to share that message with you today. So, Jason, again, welcome, and just share a little bit about your background, where you're from. I want to know uh, quite a little bit about you today, and have the listeners learn about your incredible journey. Oh, well, first of all, <laughs> before I even do that, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. I always consider it an honor whenever I can come and just share not only my story, but just mm-hmm. uh, leadership practices and things like that. But just mm-hmm. a little backstory on me, and feel free to jump in <laughs> whenever you may have a question. But, you know, at the end of the day, I really feel like my life has uh, been a, a story in mm-hmm. so many different experiences, uh, from being homeless as a young person to uh, oh, wow. going on to mm-hmm. Harvard Business School and playing in a National Football League and and really getting in touch with the idea of serving others and helping them to reach their full potential. Uh, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is really what I have tapped into in terms of what my purpose is in life and is really to serve others and help them to reach their goals and reach that full potential. And, you know, many times I look back over the course of my life, Dr. Mm-hmm. Barber, and I realize that, you know, it's only by the grace of God <laughs> that I've been able to do yeah. some of the I things know. that, you oh, know, I've been able absolutely. to do. You know, because but, it yeah. it really wouldn't make a lot of sense, you know, if if you look on paper, mm-hmm. uh, I really should be a statistic, but in reality, that's not been the case. I've been able to really do some uh, wonderful things, amazing things, and really with the help of others, I continue mm-hmm. to do that even mm-hmm. today, but I, I can't take all the credit for it. Just continue to move forward. Well, what happened that moved you from being homeless to inspire you to you know, become a, a football player in the, in the first place. How did you make that transition and who motivated you and how did that occur from yeah, homeless? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Uh, for me, you know, I think I was caught up in the reality of just trying to survive. That, mm-hmm. that was my thing, just trying mm-hmm. to survive. I uh, mm-hmm. had a, a broken uh, home and never knew my father, uh, didn't have a relationship or anything with him. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my life was very reactionary until one day I had a coach uh, come up to me 
and he actually shared with me, you know, hey, it looks like you're going through some things, and, you know, I'd love for you to <laughs> maybe come out and try athletics, and by doing that, it was just a great thing. I mean, it was the first time I had an opportunity to really be enmeshed in the whole idea of community and teamwork and, and having someone to speak into my life in a positive way. And when he did that, you know, it was, it was a great opening for me <laughs> because there were so many things I didn't know, but being exposed to that environment, it taught me discipline, uh, self-respect, self-confidence, <laughs> different things like that. And I never looked back. I mean, those things are really the bedrock of uh, many of the things that I do these days. You know, when I'm working with other people or when I'm coaching some of my clients mm-hmm. or I go mm-hmm. into these huge corporations, you know, I really get back to the basics. And I really credit uh, my coach uh, in the very early stages uh, of my life, the mm-hmm. formative mm-hmm. years, uh, putting me on the right track. And then I've grown from there, just understanding what really makes people tick, what makes right. people, you know, right. want to do certain things. So, you know, those those days of being homeless, uh, they're far behind me, but in reality, the experiences mm-hmm. will always <laughs> be with me. Well, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated because, Jason, uh, one of the things you mentioned uh, is that a coach noticed you. What do you think was about you? that called his attention to you because they see so many students and here you are homeless, no father. What is it that you think he saw in you mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, you know, just motivated him to say, I'm going to reach out to this kid. What do you think he saw? Well, I think it was a couple <laughs> of things. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you see a potential young person that's probably going to begin to make some bad decisions or mm-hmm. they're beginning to, you know, really be disengaged in the school environment because, you know, if you're, if you're hungry, it's, it's pretty hard to focus. <laughs> it's, pretty, right. it's pretty hard to want right. to be somewhere, <laughs> you know, so that right. can be challenging. But I think he saw the need uh, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be what I call today intentional. You know, not just uh, look at me and let me keep on going. It was more of, okay, I see there may be a need, so let me let me reach out. And I think the other thing was I had natural size at that time. You know, I didn't know about the ability. He didn't know about the ability, but he knew I had natural size. I wasn't a small person uh, at that point, and so he probably wanted to see, you know, what I could contribute. But most importantly, he wanted to see whether or not I would be open you know, to the the training and the discipline and really put me into a a program for life, if that makes sense, you know. It does make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably, if I had to hazard a guess, (laughs) that's what I would say. Well, you know, I I just, I really want to admire that coach and, you know, give him a big shout out, whoever he is and wherever he might be. He might be, you know, still around, but because that is just remarkable that people, will become, I like your word, intentional in reaching out to youngsters because there are so many, uh, as we know today, youngsters who do not get that opportunity, who people do not reach out to do uh, them, and they go down the wrong path and end up in wrong places. So how were you at the time? I'm just curious. Oh, I just started high school. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I just started high school. So I was about 14, something like that, 13, Mm -hmm. 14. And so that's good because all those bad habits, were, <laughs> let me put it this way, all those bad habits were sort of knocked out of you. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, in some ways, yes. I, I still had, you know, and I think, you know, I just love the way you just shared that because in reality, you know, I still had a lot of growing and maturing uh-huh. to do. I mean, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Barbara, it's one of those things that when you're a young person, everyone's reactionary at that age. You're just kind of going with the flow uh, mm-hmm. unless you are just really, really mature, you know, and right. I wasn't at that place. I mean, it was, it was more of just reactionary, and if there, was th- if there were things going on in my environment, I reacted to those things, and mm-hmm. I'm just glad that, again, he spoke into my life and, and really made me think about, you know, mm-hmm. the potential mm-hmm. for other avenues. And, you know, I'm just tremendously grateful to uh, Clarence Price for that. That's well, Clarence I... Price, we want to thank you. Yep, <laughs> On behalf of all those mothers out there, you know, who, uh, and fathers. It's just been wonderful. But, you know, uh, just because you, you got into sports and you started playing sports, did you have a love for it? And, and how did you really uh, segue your high school experience into going to college and becoming a professional football player? Right, right. Well, for me, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I did not, I can't say I had a love for it. I think it was more of, okay, so what is this thing going to do? (laughs) You know, how am I going to do this? And what is it going to require of me? But once I got out there and once I began to realize I had a certain level of of athleticism, Mm -hmm. that I could do this thing. And it's like, oh, okay, (laughs) I can really do it. So, I look forward to getting out on the field, learning, mm-hmm. uh, growing, and that, that self-confidence piece, you know, that started to kick in, and that really helped because that allowed me to see that I was more than what my circumstances uh, really looked like mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, you have, it, did you have siblings, by the, by, yeah. by the way? Yes, okay. yes. Uh, I had three other siblings, and, uh, you know, we all struggled. We all had our own uh, stories and challenges mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. I like to call home of origin issues, and... You know, once you begin to deal with those things, you can get on the right path. And that leads to the, the second part of your question. You know, when I got ready to transition, I, I became one of the most heavily recruited athletes in all of the country and had an opportunity to go to any D1 school I wanted to go to, Division One. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I chose Ohio University. And it's so funny because I just put a uh, tweet and a Facebook post out yesterday that, you know, I was an all-time leader in sacks, tackles for loss, calls, fumbles. But yesterday, I received notification that uh, my record had been finally broken after 24 years. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of cool because when I went to OU, uh-huh. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, this is a huge university, 24,000 students, and I'm just you know one minority there, African American. Uh-huh. Trying to understand when I walk into a classroom, there are uh, 300 students, and and it's just you know me, mm-hmm. and it was just a it was a tremendous transition, and it really required a a mindset change, a paradigm shift in my thinking, and mm-hmm. you know I'm grateful for the opportunity that sports uh, gave to me because it allowed me to be immersed in that sort of situation, and you know it also taught me that I needed to work harder, I needed to establish myself, I needed to do the things that Mm -hmm. I needed Mm -hmm. to do outside of, you know, being on that football field. You know, I was thinking about that, too, because uh, when we think of athletes and they go on, they become the BMAC, big man on campus, BMOC, big man on campus. And so here you are at OU with all these 24,000 students. 
uh, did you really feel at the time that you were, you know, the, the um, you know, had, uh, had a big ego at that time? And were there challenges you had to deal with that? Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you what, I, when I first I'm got there. I, I'm being honest now. <laughs> no, this is good. I love the line of questioning. When I first got there, no, I was certainly not BMOC. I was trying to understand where I was supposed to go and what class I was supposed to be in. And so that sort of lends itself to quite a bit of uncertainty. And uh-huh. you can be timid because you're trying to understand all those things. And, right. And one of the things I knew I did not want to do, Barbara, was to really fall into the trap that I had seen some of my other uh, colleagues and Mm -hmm. other classmates fall into. They got there, they got excited, and then they flunked out. It was like, whoa, you know, like like what just happened? But I knew that was not what I wanted to do. And so I was very intentional with, you know, studying, uh, taking as many classes as I could. I would shut down the library. I would be there all the time doing my stuff. And, and you know, yeah, it, tr- it allowed me to my sophomore, junior, senior year to become that big man on campus. And, you know, I played all my four years. I was never redshirted. And it was a great experience for me because okay. it made me With mature. That- we're going to bookmark that because we're going to come back to when you are big, big man on campus and see how you transitioned to what I call your calling today to be this great speaker. So, listeners, stay tuned because we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with my journey with Mr. Dr. Jason McCarthy. Jason McCarthy. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to the Transformation Success Show. And I'm so excited. My guest today is a former football player with the world champion, New England Patriots. And he's now talking about a new career. So you're going to stay tuned to hear this incredible story. Before we went on break, we were talking about uh, a mindset change. And we actually, he coined a term that I really like, coming from a home of origin issues. 
and basically he was homeless. And so for those of you who are just tuning in now, you want to hear this lovely story of a man who a coach uh, spotted him out as a youngster, 13, 14 years old, and took an interest in him, got him involved in sports. And here this young man with his, well, not exactly a love for sports, but he developed one. And Division One. am I saying that right, Jason? That's correct. Went on to Ohio University, where now we're talking about what position you played as a football player. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I played outside linebacker. (laughs) Now, you got to tell me what an outside linebacker does. Okay. Yeah, great question. So, essentially, you know, I played defense as an outside linebacker, and we were responsible for really two things primarily, to Mm -hmm. either get to the quarterback on passing situations when the quarterback Mm -hmm. had dropped back to throw the ball, we would rush to get to him and stop him before he could throw it. Or, alternatively, on a run play, when they handed off the ball to the running back, we were really (laughs) supposed to either get the running back behind their line of scrimmage or stop him for a very short uh, gain. Now, Jason, it sounds like with all of that, doing as a defense linebacker, you get an opportunity to be hit many times and hurt. Yes. Yes, yes. And I think that's all part of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, that... That's just part of it, you know, but it, it, it's okay in the sense that if you are able to deliver the hit as opposed to taking it, I'll, I'll prefer that any day. Okay. So now you are, you're playing ball your whole four years during OU, and then when did you decide that you wanted to do something else? Well, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, when I was playing at OU, uh, I became the all-time leader in sacks, tackles for loss, calls, fumbles, all those different accolades, and it really brought the NFL scouts looking, and and Mm -hmm. I wound up playing for, of course, New England, and then I actually sustained an injury uh, when I signed a free agent contract offer uh, for Jacksonville, and that changed everything for me. That changed everything. Yeah, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, one day and one play can actually change your life. And for me, it was actually for the better, you know. So directly to your question, I began to realize that, you know, this football thing is not meant for uh, longevity. <laughs> it's not a long-term thing. Right, and, right. And so was I decided disapp- after I was- transitioned uh, mm-hmm. from playing ball, I decided mm-hmm. to go back to school. And I had already been doing some things to create you know, relationships in the community, and I wound up going to Harvard uh, and Harvard Business School, and then after the Harvard Business School, I went ahead and got my Ph.D. in organizational leadership, and it was just my opportunity to go into business, and that's really what I do now. You know, it's what I talked about at the top of the show, just helping people and helping people to not only understand their purpose in life, but how to get there and have a life of fulfillment, and that's really what I do with my consultancy and my coaching firm. Well, let's go back because one of the things, um, the transition from any sport or a lot of the athletes into academia is not always the case, Jason. So the reason why I'm saying that is because it's really not quite, and I'm not denigrating uh, athletes in any way, but in many cases when there's an injury, it isn't that that person maybe completes or finishes school, I mean, decides to go to school. And my point being that you must have been, and you are smart. So when did you realize really that you had the academic acumen to really pursue higher education? Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I think for me, once I was in my undergrad at OU, I began mm-hmm. to really apply myself. And mm-hmm. it was not something without a father in the home, and mm-hmm. my mom was working double shifts and all these other things. Um, you know, I began to understand that I had not really applied myself until I got to the college level. And once I began to apply myself, I saw a lot of value in it, and I also saw that, mm-hmm. hey, I can do this. I had mm-hmm. what I like to call self-mastery moments, and mm-hmm. those self-mastery moments really led to me understanding that I could be confident and I could do really anything that I wanted to do in the classroom, and it was just a matter of applying myself and then also you know, not engaging in a lot of the other just uh, wasteful time things that you right. know, some of right. my other... Uh, friends were doing. So, you know, it was it was one of those things in undergrad. I recognized, hey, I can do this work. I like mm-hmm. this work. Uh, and then I also mm-hmm. tapped into the understanding that I'm an introvert. And by being an introvert, I really, and that may be surprising to some people, you know. That is I surprising. Speak, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Jason, I speak to 20,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why it's, it's very interesting for me is mm-hmm. because I will get up, and what I mean by that, emotionally, psychologically, I'll get up for these engagements, I'll get in front of people, but then, I, I, you know, I sweat, I'm exhausted afterwards, but I recognize that, you know what, if I'm able to add value, then it's okay that I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. but I can share what I need to share for a certain mm-hmm. period of time, mm-hmm. and then I get down from there, <laughs> and then I'm done okay. at that okay. point, so... Okay. Well, you're motivated because you you feel you're hel- you're helping people. But you know, um, you, you you've had all these experiences, and what were some of the the, the big challenges that you had to overcome? Because you know, it, it, your life hasn't been that easy, and you're 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 great. Uh, you've received so many accolades, uh, Jason, and now you're Dr. Carthen, and you're running around doing all these speaking engagements, and you're doing great work with leadership, but. What were some of the challenges, number one, that you had to overcome that that got you to where you are now? Yeah, great question, and that's very practical. I think for me it was, one, uh, understanding that I could achieve what I wanted to achieve. And I like to call it uh, stinking thinking because as a minority and African-American male, I ran into a lot of roadblocks and challenges. And mm-hmm. I began to think, okay, can I really do this thing? You know, mm-hmm. and even though I may not always have support, can I do it? And I overcame that. I overcame the, the uh, some of the stigmas associated with that. Mm-hmm. And I also overcame some of the barriers that were put in front of me. But I first had to realize, Dr. Barber, that I could do it. You know, and okay. that, was the, that was the first thing. And that allowed me to move into other areas and business and things like that. Now, the second thing I had to realize, and I tell my coaching clients this all the time, you must at some point, stop thinking and planning and strategizing and do. <laughs> you have to do it. And oh, that's, yes. the, that's the big deal because many of the people that I work with, they're the best and the brightest, but they will really move into a place of, okay, let me think about this, let me plan this, and, and essentially they analyze it so much that they become paralyzed and they never move mm-hmm. forward. And so... That was the other thing, just understanding I have to take action, and though God may have me and I'm standing on my faith, he still wants me to get out of the boat and <laughs> do something different. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that was my big thing. Um, and then the last thing, 
fractured relationships, you know, and what I mean by that, over the years, uh, you know, I've, I've gone through so many different things, but mm-hmm. I've learned the value of healthy, depthful, and boundary-focused relationships. When you are engaged with other people, whether it's business or personal life, and you have unhealthy and fractured relationships, it's not good for you. It takes away time. It doesn't allow you to move forward. So you need to operate from a place of health and cultivate that health as much as possible. What did you find was the secret of uh, establishing that healthy relationship? Because so many guys, and here you are, this big, uh, handsome athlete. I know oh, the women were running you. after you. I'm going to be real truthful. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so which led probably to a lot of unhealthy relationships. How, how do you make that distinction what's healthy and what's not? Well, you know, thank you for asking that, and hopefully someone will hear this and, and understand the gravity of it. For me, I had to begin to love myself a little bit more. Now, mm-hmm. we're really getting ready to get real here. <laughs> but that's, that's fine. I, I that's had great. to love myself more because as a young man, I thought that as many relationships that I could have and as many uh, young ladies I could spend time with, that would be, you know, a good thing, but mm-hmm. in reality, I was not comfortable with myself, and I thought that I needed to do that in order to be liked, in order to be accepted, in order to be that BMOC we talked about. Right. And it, it doesn't stop on college campuses, even as an adult male in the working you know, arena mm-hmm. of your life. It's the same thing, but it's really an unhealthy picture of yourself, and emotionally and psychologically, you're not where you need to be. So for mm-hmm. me, I had to realize, hey, you know what? <laughs> if I'm single, if I'm just spending time with myself, or if I'm going to the movies by myself or lunch by myself, that's okay. It gives me an opportunity to really explore who Jason is at the end uh-huh. of the day. So that worked for me. And also when I began to entertain the idea of getting into not only personal, but also with just friendships. And I'm not talking about with the opposite sex. I'm talking about men and women. Right. I began to realize that, hey, everyone brings their own home of origin issues to the table. And mm-hmm. unless you are sensitive to those things through emotional intelligence, you're going to bump into stuff constantly. And right. it's whether or not you truly value that relationship enough to bump into it and then do a self-correct. If you don't do a self-correct, then either you guys are going to be at odds or the relationship is not going to be healthy and you need to walk away. So it's almost like negotiation. You go into it with understanding that, (laughs) hey, I'm not going to win all of this, but they're not going to win all of it either, and we just kind of go from there, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So in essence, as you got healthier and the healthier uh, with yourself and knowing who you are, and this is something I advocate all the time because you can't give what you don't have. And when you get two needy people who are together, each trying to find something within each other, and they don't because you have to find it within you. And then actually probably when you found that, Jason, uh, who you really were and liked yourself, you then attracted the kind of person that you really wanted and needed in your life. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, it's not just personal relationships, it's business no. too. No business, you know? it's all kinds of relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. And then mm-hmm. one caveat to that. I, I think that you know, I've had situations, I'll give you an uh, example, but I've had situations where I've gone into business meetings or say there's a speaking engagement and after engaging with these people for a little bit, I go, I don't want to work with these people. <laughs> They're going to be problematic and and it's not something that really jibes with who I am and how I like to love on people, help them reach their goals, do all these different things. 
So if you're autocratic and dictatorial, then we're probably not a good match. Or if you're dogmatic, we're probably not a good match. And it took me a long time to to realize that and to give myself permission to say, hey, you know, I'm, I love me, <laughs> and I'm not trying to do that sort of stuff. And right. it helps right. me to grow. And to anyone listening, you have to, I tell my coaching clients all the time, you have to figure out, who your customer avatar is, who, who is this person that you want to work with and who you want to serve, if you do not figure that part out, then you're going to be miserable and you're going to yeah, be angry and you're so going to be reactionary, and it's problematic. So it's very important to get that part right. together. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, uh, you and I have this uh, camaraderie and affinity towards leadership because I've been attracted to leadership for a long, long time, taught it for like 17, 18 years. So I want to know... Uh, we're kind of segueing from relationships because bring that into leadership. What drew you into leadership? What was it about that the whole topic of leadership that fascinated you to embark on a on a educational journey sure, to further sure. your, your research? Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent question. Um, you know, for me, Dr. Barbara, I, I began to realize that I'm exposed to all these different types of leaders. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of the things that I, w- I was exposed to, they weren't good. You know, for example, very transactional uh, leadership models. And mm-hmm. this was very dictatorial. It was like, hey, I pay you, you show up, you do what I say. I don't want anything else outside of that. If you act up, then you're going to be penalized. And I, I really began to, when I saw that demonstrated towards other people, I began to mm-hmm. say, that's not effective, you know? Like, some people mm-hmm. will say, okay, if you give me a paycheck, you can treat me any kind of way you want. No, that's no. not good, mm-hmm. though. That's mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. For some people, if they have health, unhealthy home of origin issues, then they'll be okay with that. But most people will say, mm, you know, that's not going to endear me. You know, it's not going to endear you to me. And and it really mm-hmm. turns into a lack of productivity. So I began to research and understand, and, and then I really went down that academic research uh, journey to understand mm-hmm. why people do what they do, and that was the subject of my dissertation as well. And mm-hmm. it really began to show me that you get the most out of your people and your followers by removing barriers to their performance, okay? Path Gold mm-hmm. Theory says that. And then you also love on people situationally. If someone shows up, eyes bloodshot red, looks like they've been crying, then you stop and you ask them, what's going on? You know, how can I serve Mm -hmm. you? And Mm -hmm. see, Dr. Barber, the issue with that is sometimes in around 1918, 1914, 1918, Frederick Taylor came up with this idea of mechanistic scientific management. And so basically (laughs) people are just cogs in a wheel, and I'm not going to relate to you. I don't want to connect with you. If you mess up, then you're out of here, and I'm just going to replace you. At the end of the day, through my research and through my writings and all these different things, hundreds of interviews, people essentially say, hey, I don't have to be right every time. You don't have to tell me yes to every suggestion, but to know that I have a voice, that I can say something That's all I need. And then, you know, I will respect authority and do what I have to do. But when people don't get that, Dr. Barber, that's when you have that internal revolt. They may not outwardly do anything, but internally they're saying, hey, I don't matter, so I'm not going to give my best effort. And it's what I like to call hedging. They hedge their bets and they wait and see if they can get hired on somewhere else or they do minimal amount of work. Or they sabotage. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or they sabotage, absolutely. So yep, with that absolutely. Note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back with my guest, Dr. Jason Carthen, and we're going to talk about some of the traits that he talks about of an exemplary leader. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest today, Dr. Jason Carthen, a former professional football player with the world champion New England Patriots. You know, he's an international speaker, author, blogger, media personality, and philanthropist. So he works with a number of Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 100 companies and providing training and coaching for thousands of men and women each year. So we've been talking a lot about his background, his love of sport. Well, actually, he developed a love of sports, became this fantastic football player. And we are talking about how he made that segue to further his educational journey and to really master what I call the subject of leadership. And he's done quite a bit of work with that. So, Jason, um, welcome back to the show. And while we were on break, we were talking a little bit about how you've written numerous articles and two books on leadership. And one of those is 52 Ways to Tackle Leadership. And your book addresses the role of leadership from a very practical perspective. So what I want you to share with us, because we have my my international audience out there, we have probably right now, we're on stage. We're actually playing out a drama in this country between two people who are vying for leadership to transform a nation. So what can you say that you found in your research efforts that would be the traits of an exemplary leader? Sure. Well, great question. Um, You know, I think one of the things that I've noticed, um, I've been watching the election coverage uh, for Mm -hmm. quite some time now and, and watching how it's developed, and I think one of the big things that we all need to be reminded of is that we cannot pigeonhole 
our, our very specific candidates into one uh, type of leadership style, how they should act, all these different things. They need to be more of a situational leader. If we're really going to be real, and what I mean by that, a situational leader is going to react to what's taking place, whether that's poverty, whether that's uh, wealth, whether that's a situation where people are allowed to make choices or not make choices. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that this leader has to be situationally capable of discerning what they need to do based upon all of the information, all of the facts, and they need to be poised in their delivery of whatever decision has to be made. Now, you know, there are a lot of uh, different uh, research streams that I could go down, but one of the things that I'd, I'd love to just sort of give an idea of, if we're talking about a situational leader, there are five uh, exemplary practices or traits that I talk to people about all the time. That's uh, a leader that's going to model the way, okay? They're not going to be high-handed and say, hey, this is what you need to do. No, they are going to actually model it, exhibit it, and make sure that people understand that this mm-hmm. leader is going to walk the talk and they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, the next yeah. one is they're going to inspire a shared vision. Dr. Barber, mm-hmm. they are going to be a leader for the people. There will be mm-hmm. no invisible line. <laughs> it's one mm-hmm. of those things where that leader is saying, hey, I'm just like you. You know, here are some things, no matter where I'm at today, what my circumstances are, I'm mm-hmm. just like you. And here's the evidence for that. So they're going to inspire a shared vision. And right. you know what? One of the other uh, traits or characteristics or practices would be challenging the process. The status quo is no longer acceptable. So if I'm looking at a world leader and specifically someone that we're talking about as president of the United States, this person has to break free from the status quo. And that doesn't mean you break free in a sense of, okay, I'm just going to be wow, willy-nilly and do all these different things that are not really going to allow any sort of real change Mm -hmm. to occur, but they are really going to poke and prod and test and see, can there be some sort of agreement across the aisles once and for all to really help all Mm -hmm. people, not just, you know, one faction or one side, whether Republican or Democrat. You have Mm -hmm. to be careful of that sort of thing. And then the last two things, and if hopefully I'm not taking too much time. No, go ahead. You want to make sure that you are going to enable others to act. And what I mean by that, you know what? Hey, you don't have all the answers. And what I mean by that is that we have so many situations where people feel like, well, hey, you have to do it my way. You have to do it my way. And when you don't deputize people and give away power and really ascribe to this idea of a flatter hierarchical structure, then you almost have a silo and a dictatorship. So Mm -hmm. you have to be able to enable others to act, empower them, allow them to do some things that they can truly do of their own power, wisdom, and see what the end result is going to be. And then the last thing is you actually encourage the heart. When people do the right things, if we have a president that says, hey, you know what, we all need to 
look to our left, look to our right, and understand that everyone matters. Everyone has a story, and I want to encourage them, grow them, develop them, whether it's through programs, whether it's through um, wealth allocation, whether it's uh, equality. We have to encourage the heart, and that's only going to happen, Dr. Barber, with intentionality. So, you know what? We have two candidates. They're out there. They're doing their thing. But if we can demonstrate some of these characteristics that I've just shared and some of these leadership traits, then maybe we'll have a better connect. Because right now, there's a little bit of a disconnect. When you look at the polls and you look Mm -hmm. at some of these different rallies, it can be very volatile. So, you know, I'm just going to say, if we can maybe Mm -hmm. tamp some of that stuff down, you know, and understand that they set the tempo for the country, then the world is watching, and they need to step up and respond accordingly, if all that makes any sense. Uh, Well, I want to thank you for that, uh, for that very insightful. Uh, One of the things that I always mention, and I like this, and I just sort of attack it on because what you've said has been very good about modeling the way and walking the talk, but more importantly, having a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, the vi- I, I used to tell my students in a class that I taught on leadership, and I tell them all the time, uh, what marks and makes the distinction between an effective leader and a non-effective leader, because there are leaders and there are leaders. And I said, why do you think companies pay a uh, president, say, $400,000 or 500000 uh, a year or more, up to a million nowadays, why? What would be the thing that they're paying that person for, that leader for? And they would say all kinds of things. And I'd say, number one, a vision. A person who is an outstanding leader scans the landscape and has a vision for where we're going to be five years down the road, ten years down the road. I said, so people will pay because that person in Xerox is able to forecast where the company's going to be 10 years from now. Am I right, Vernette? And that's oh, what they absolutely. pay them for. <laughs> absolutely. No, that's has good to, stuff. <laughs> has to have a vision. So it's, it's you know, you, we're going to model it. We've got to have a vision. And then how are you going to have the energy and all of the inspiration to provide to have people to buy into that vision and to help implement that vision? But usually that's why they pay those. I used to tell the students that's why they pay big bucks. So I want you to get out of the box and think big. Stop being so narrow, but start to expand your thinking. Where are we going? And what are the issues and how do we want to change? So thank you so much for that. So I want to know, um, I'm going to kind of segue a little bit into how do you balance your life with uh, relaxation? I mean, what do you do for fun? And how do you find that balance? Because you got to have it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, for me, um, as an entrepreneur and someone that really sets their own schedule, you know, I'm driven. And so if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I'll continue to work uh, 14-hour days, 16-hour days and just keep going. But my thing is uh, I have a wonderful wife, uh, and I call her my bride Mm -hmm. because she helps me to stay grounded, and uh, she's very – I guess you really want to say loving, and she's intentional mm-hmm. with that. So, mm-hmm. for example, you know, if if I'm if I've been in my office or if I've been out uh, on engagements or I'm doing webinars or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, she's very intentional about telling me, "Hey, you know, honey, you need to make sure you spend some time." Or she'll come in and she'll mm-hmm. bring me something, and 
you know, my daughters will be with her and we'll just kind of stop everything and we'll just kind of <laughs> talk and do what we do. And, you know, that helps me from a very practical sense. Now, some of the other things that I do, I actually schedule it. You know, my mornings are my devotional time. That's my time to pray, mm-hmm. to really get my mind right for the day and whatever it may be. If there are some challenges the day before, to sort mm-hmm. of take that before the Lord and understand exactly what I need to do right. uh, to mm-hmm. move forward. And then after that, I dive in. I, I spend a certain amount of time uh, responding to emails, and those things are just the bane of existence sometimes because there's so many of them, you know, <laughs> that will okay. come in. So I set a certain amount of time for the emails, and then I'm off of that. And then I'm on to my, my next project, whatever that may be for the day. I'm responding on Basecamp to my coaching clients, uh, and I'm I'm reacting and giving feedback and checking in with them to see where That's they are right. in terms of their progression. So I'm very intentional with scheduling out my day, and it, it helps. It helps. Well, it does. Not everybody is that organized, Jason, Dr. Oh. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We love it. You know, I want you to, uh, I want to ask you a favor as we, in the latter part of the show, uh, to answer Finish my sentences. I'm going to give you a sentence, and I want you to finish it. I'm just curious about this. Okay. Um, the most courageous thing I've ever done is? Wow. Uh, stand up for my mom in a domestic violence situation. Wonderful. If I could go back in time to when I was 20, I would tell myself. Man, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you need to get focused and save as much money as you can and and be ready for your legacy. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> My greatest fear is? Uh, inadequacy. Uh, yeah, being inadequate uh, mm-hmm. in terms of my relationships, uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, and serving people. I just, I don't want to lose. Uh, not in an unhealthy way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just want to be the best I can be legacy-wise. That's great. The biggest lesson I have ever learned. Wow. Uh, that, okay, this may be harsh, but understanding in business that everyone does not want to see you do well. And being okay with that. I have to be okay with that. Okay. And, you know, uh, that's interesting. As we live our lives, we find that these things do happen. Um, who inspires you today? Who are some of the people that inspire you? Um, my wife and my kids. I mean, they, um, you know, I, I love my bride. I love my children. Um, I, I just have so much hope uh, for them. And I don't mean just some ethereal thing of hope. I mean, really, you know, uh, hope in the sense of the plans and the opportunities that we've put in place and just hoping that they will do well and not experience some of the challenges I have. So I'm inspired when they get it. And when I say get it, I mean, they go, hey, Daddy, you know, these are some things I want to do. What do you think? And it's like, okay, you're thinking, (laughs) you're processing, you know. And then my bride, you know, she, we are six and a half months pregnant right now. And I'm just. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And so. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And so we're just kind of. You know, thinking about all the things, you know, that can take place. And so I'm inspired by her courage and just who she is as a wife and a mother. And 
so that's those are the things and the people that inspire me right now. And I have business people that inspire me too. Those that mentor me and have spoken into my life for years as well. But that's wonderful. On a very personal note, yeah, my family is awesome. Well, you know, I have been I have been so excited um, to get to know you. And uh, today has been just fascinating getting to know more about you, Dr. Jason. And I do want to wish you continued success. I hope, you know, that you're going to be able to come and be on my television show, um, which people out there you can access through voiceamerica.tv. And you're going to be on my show coming up next year. So I know you'll be uh, out here uh, so that we get a chance to see you in person and I just want to uh, thank you for sharing today and being so transparent and with your authenticity about yourself. Well, you've come a long way from that little boy who yeah. was homeless to now yeah. this, this wonderful, powerful man who's spiritually grounded and who's giving so much of himself to others to help them be successful in their lives. So, you know, I want to share this. As Robert Louis Stevenson once said, old or young, you know, we're on our last cruise, and we want it to mean something. So I'm just going to share something, Jason, that I always tell my folks to assist them on their cruise. Learn to live your life and learn all your life, as Jason continues to do. Learn from your failures and learn from your successes. And when you hit a rough spot in life, as we all do, ask yourself, what is it trying to teach me? Remember, lessons aren't always happy ones, but they keep on coming. And it isn't a bad idea to pause occasionally for an inward look, as my friend Jason did, to love himself. So we learn by suffering, but we learn also by taking risks. We learn by bearing with things we cannot change, but we learn by giving more. So I want you to know that we learn by truly giving our best and expecting the best. So I want to thank you, Jason, for being on the show. I got to say, Dr. Jason Carthen, you have been such a wonderful guest. So thank you for sharing and caring. So to my listeners, listen in next week as I'll have another dynamic guest for you who's going to share his life story. So you won't want to miss this show. And this is Dr. Barbara Young, your transformation success coach and talk show host signing off until next Tuesday. Be inspired. Be motivated. Be encouraged, be challenged, be forever transformed for greatness. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 